Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. Those individuals have gone down that road. Will God forgive them? Yes. Wonderfully. Will he restore them? Absolutely. Will they pay for their consequence? They are today. Sad thing. You see, as parents, we try to say as much as we can to our kids without being controlling. You don't want to go down that road. Mom and dad have been down that road. It is not a good road to go down. Sometimes it doesn't get through. Much of the things we learn, we learn the hard way, don't we? Some decisions seem so small that we just gloss over them in pursuit of our final goal in whatever way it takes to get there. But if God has instructed us to accomplish His will in a specific way, that's how it should be done, even if we don't understand why. In our message from First Chronicles today, David wants to get the ark back to Jerusalem. He's focused on that goal and unconcerned about the methods he'll use to get there. But God cares and has given specific instructions. When we overstep his guidelines, we can create chaos where there should be peace. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Chronicles chapter 13, verse 5, with today's study. So here's a potential thing that David did that could have been very divisive. Verse 5, so David assembled the Israelites from the Shihor River in Egypt to Lebo Hamath to bring the ark of God from Kiriath-Jerim. And David and all the Israelites went with him to Balal of Judah to bring up from there the ark of God the Lord who is enthroned between the cherubim, the ark that is called by the name. And they moved the ark of God from Abinadab's house on a new cart, circle those words, with Uzzah and Ohio guiding it. And David and all the Israelites were celebrating with all their might before God. Notice, with songs and harps, lyres, and tambourines, cymbals, and trumpets, and keyboards, and bongo drums, and electric guitars. They were worshiping God. Noticed how they worshiped with all their might. They were excited about worship. And they used all kinds of different talent to do that. Psalm 100, let me read it to you. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is Dagon. No, know that the Lord is God. It is He who has made us, and we are His. We are His people. We're the dumb sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving, and His courts with praise on time. I mean, excuse me, and give thanks. That's that version I gave you this morning. You know, the new... 
Mark Balmer version, right. And give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. And his faithfulness, praise God, continues to all generations. So they're carrying the ark. They've got it. The presence of God is with them. They're excited. They have it on this brand new cart built for just this occasion. Verse 9. And when they came to the threshing floor of Kidon, in other words, it's said to be a very rough place in the road, Uzzah reached out his hand to steady the ark because the oxen stumbled. When the Lord's anger burned against Uzzah, and he struck him down because he had put his hand on the ark. So he died there before God. Now those of you that say you'd like to live in the Old Testament, I don't think so. Are you glad for grace tonight? Now, what happened was this. As the ark was on this cart, and it began to tip, Uzzah did instinctively what you would do. Certainly to keep it from falling, he reached out, and he tried to steady the ark. Now there was a problem with this. God was displeased, struck him dead on the spot. Because of this, in Numbers chapter 4, verse 15, it says this. This is God giving instructions how the ark is to be transported. Notice, and when the camp is ready to move, the Kohathites are to come to do the carrying. Well, in other words, the Levites. But they must not touch the holy things or they will die. And there's further instructions exactly how to carry. We just won't go into all that. The reference, the very presence of God was to be handled in reverence. The ark was to be carried only by the Levites, only through poles inserted through those rings. The Levites themselves could not touch it or even look into it because of its holiness. Now, even though Uzzah meant well, he touched the ark and had to face the consequences. Now, there's a question that's really unanswerable. I don't have the answer. I'm sure you don't have the answer. But it comes across our mind. Look in verse 11. Then David was angry because the Lord's wrath had broken out against Uzzah. And to this day, that place is called Perez Uzzah. Who is the one really to blame for Uzzah's death? David. He's the leader. Now, notice the first thing. He's angry. Why did God kill Uzzah and not David? I don't know. I don't understand it. God knows. See, the Bible's silent. Does that mean that God's unfair? No, he has his reasons. We don't know. See, there'll be many things you come to in your life that we can't answer. That's why Paul says in the New Testament, we see through glass darkly. For us, it doesn't seem right. I mean, if anyone should die, it should have been who? In our eyes. But we don't know. Now, people argue about it. I think it's a foolish thing to argue about. Impossible to know. All we know is that David didn't. 
So David gets angry at God. But the problem is, remember back in verse 1? David never consulted God as to how to move the ark. Now, he should have known from his past, but he didn't consult God. God's word is always to be obeyed. Times don't change as far as the truth of God's word. Different ways that we do service certainly change, but God's word never changes. You see, this is really a very little thing. You carry it on a cart, or do you carry it on the, on the shoulders of the Levites? What's the big deal as long as we're carrying it, right? We don't want to tie the hands of people. But it's God's word. And when he says it's wrong, it was wrong then, it's wrong today. And if we live another million years, it'll still be wrong in the future, because God's word said it is. So David made a huge mistake as a leader. He didn't consult God's word. The new cart represented man's way not God's way. Again, when we're talking about style of worship or how we teach or doing all those kind of things, that really doesn't matter. The illustrations and all those kind of things. But what we teach never changes. Verse 12, it's amazing. Notice how much enthusiasm was here for this thing. The ark's coming, the music's coming, the people are excited. Tremendous enthusiasm, great motives, but wrong method. Verse 12, after David gets over his anger, and probably who he's angry with really is who? Himself. He's probably going, I know I blew it. And some, you know, we initially get angry at God, then when we, when we cool off a little, we go, that was stupid, it was me. And then we're embarrassed. For sure, as a leader, he had to be embarrassed in front of these people. He's the new king. He's the man of God. I've done lots of embarrassing things. It's hard to be a leader and do an embarrassing thing because you embarrass yourself, you embarrass God. It's just a miserable place to be. David's this way. So David then, his embarrassment turns to fear of God. Wonderful thing. And David was afraid of God that day and asked, how can I ever bring the ark of God to me? And you notice something very important. There is no answer to David's question. God never answers it. Why doesn't he answer it? Because it's the very same situation that happens in counseling. People come into the office over the years, and they'll talk about a certain situation. And they'll come up with a solution. And the solution is not biblical. Specifically outlined in the Bible that what they're getting ready to do is not what God wants. And then they ask a question like, I've been praying, but I can't hear God in this situation. Hello. Why would God speak to you in this situation if he's already spoken to you clearly from the word? So my role as a counselor is to turn to the word of God and say, thus saith the Lord. And then leave that with the people. David asked a question he shouldn't really have asked. Because the answer God had already given It must be carried by the Levites. It must be carried in this way. You can't carry it on a cart. You can't touch it. I've already told you, David. Why are you asking me? Maybe you're here, and you're trying to get a special dispensation from God. In your case, God will remain silent, other than maybe remind you of the word. 
Other than that, you have no argument with God. I have no argument with God. When he says, thou shall not, it stays. It's in concrete. It's there forever. So I think it's important application as we look at that. God's word doesn't change. You can continue to pray all you want and ask God for a new word. By the way, and I have people come to the office and say they have a new word from God. That it goes against his word. You say, well, those are foolish people. And they've been what? Been deceived. And it's dangerous. If you want to follow the path those people have gone, and many have walked out of the office and said to me, you're wrong. I know I've heard from God. Not long ago, came across one of the couples, one of the individuals. You wouldn't trade for their life today for anything. Now, that's not validating me. That's just validating God's word. Remember, our goal is to restore them how? Gently. Try. But some people can't be restored. They harden their heart. They go their own way. Those individuals have gone down that road. Will God forgive them? Yes. Wonderfully. Will he restore them? Absolutely. Will they pay for their consequence? They are today. Sad thing. You see, as parents, we try to say as much as we can to our kids without being controlling. You don't want to go down that road. Mom and dad have been down that road. It is not a good road to go down. Sometimes it doesn't get through. Much of the things we learn, we learn the hard way, don't we? We just rebel. And so we have to remember there's God's grace. And you'll see that as we go through. So David doesn't get a response. But look at verse 13. He did not take the ark to be with him in the city of David. Was that a wise move? That's a very wise move. Instead, he took it aside, and I don't even know how they carried it, to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. And the ark of God remained with the family of Obed-Edom. You think Obed was a little concerned when the ark came into his house? (laughs) Thank you very much, David. (laughs) The ark of God remained with the family of Obed-Edom in his house for three months. But look what happens. And the Lord blessed his household and everything he had. Wow. You say, man, the presence of God in my house for three months. How about the presence of God in your heart forever? That's who we are tonight. Disobedience often brings delay in God's blessing. You see, what happened was that David couldn't take the city, couldn't take the ark back to the city. We'll see when we pick up from here. What happens? It takes three months to get things in order. But during these times, you see that obeying God brings God's blessing. In this house of a Levite, God just blesses them. I want the presence of God not only in my body, but I think it's a wonderful thing to be able to sense the presence of God in our homes. You know, when people walk into our homes, it should be a place of peace and happiness, and joy. They ought to be able to sense the presence of God as they come in. That's a wonderful thing. You see, people are looking for peace. Where of any place should it be but in the home of a Christian? That's where God's presence should rule, and it should reign. Now see, what was happening here, when that ark came there, remember God's presence was to represent that. And that just meant that God was being placed first in that home. Is God first in your literal home? Is his will being done in your home? 
Is it a place of peace? Are you as a husband and wife arguing and fussing? And, or is God's peace rule there? We know Satan comes against the home, but let his peace rule there. God desires to be first in the center of every area of our life. You remember, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and everything else will be added unto us. Now, chapter 14 brings us to a little bit about David's palace. Now, Hiram, king of Tyre, sent messengers to David along with cedar logs. Cedar in those days was a a very highly prized wood. I like the smell of cedar. I don't know if you do. It's kind of a neat wood. And stonemasons and carpenters to build a palace for him. So David, during this time, now he's making some interesting political allies. Verse 2, really a neat verse. And David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel, and that his kingdom had been highly exalted for the sake of his people, Israel. Here in chapter 14, we see God again is blessing and prospering David. His fame is spreading. He's getting political allies. People are saying, man, this guy is really awesome. How can that be when David just blew it big time? He can't even bring the ark back. How, how come God's treating him like this? It's called grace. Undeserved favor. Shouldn't be treating him like this. I really don't understand God and grace. But I love it. Do you? I mean, why is this happening? But God's blessing him. Remember what Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2? You then, my son, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. That's hard for us because we're raised in a world that's pretty legalistic. We're rewarded for good and we're punished for bad. But here, for what reason, I don't know. God blesses them. If you're going to err tonight, err in the sight of grace. We can't be people of the law. The law never worked. You can't be legalistic people. It just kills. The law came by Moses, but grace and mercy and truth by who? Jesus Christ. So it goes against my nature. It doesn't mean we let heresy and things like that here. But when people blow it, remember... Our goal is to restore them, set them right, get them headed in the right direction, encourage them. Don't step on them when they're down. Encourage them. Get them set back right. Don't sit and dwell in the past. God just takes us and move forward. I'm so glad that God has grace for us. Now remember, verse 1 has another important thing. It says that David knew he was in the center of God's will. That's one of the most important things in all of our life. It's a wonderful thing that you could say right what you're doing, whatever you're doing right now. I'm in the center of God's will. It's happening in my life. I'm doing what God wants me to do. Remember, Jesus said in John 6, 38, I've come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him that sent me. God has a plan for your life just like he has a plan for my life. The thing you want to not focus on is somebody else. The thing you want to focus on is, are you in the center of God's will? If you're anyplace else, you don't want to be there. 
You get right back to what God wants you to do. And I'm going to give you some keys to what that is. See, God's plan for us is good. And you just, you just be assured, even though David had blown it, he knew he was where he was supposed to be because God put him there. What are some of the keys to God's will? Let me just give you four of them quickly so you can just look at it. When you're praying about God's will, here's four things to look at. Number one, are you obeying the word of God? Don't ask for God's will if you're out of the will of God. You will be if you're not obeying his word. Number two, are you waiting for God's timing? See, God has a timing. David waited many years. Number three, are you enjoying God's peace and joy? If you're in the will of God, no matter what the circumstances, there's an underlying peace and there's an underlying joy. Remember, peace and joy are not related to circumstances. Paul and Silas beaten singing. Stephen being stoned. He was in the right place at the right time. To us, it looks wrong. Young guy, tremendous evangelist, taken at a young age. What a waste from our viewpoint, not from God's. And lastly, the things that you're doing, the things that you're considering with, with God's glory, that you're doing in the will of God, are you doing it for God's glory? Are you doing it for God's glory? You say, well, can I buy a house for God's glory? Well, absolutely. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. Don't isolate God to some religious deal. He's part of all of our lives. If those things aren't happening, you better back up and wait. You better ask again. You better head off. Being in the center of God's will is absolutely important, but there's another important part. We have to maintain ourselves in the center of God's will. We have to continue to abide by obeying God. We have to be fruitful in our life. We have to understand Him. We have to stay with Him. And that's what you're doing tonight. You're listening to the Word. You're staying there. You see, there's course corrections all the time in our life. How did I ever think at the age of 49 or whatever, God would make a U-turn and move me totally the other direction? But that's what God did. God had been preparing me. I knew finally it was the right time. Same exact in your life, in every area of your life. I think of many times when I was director at Wistoff. We formed a, way back early on, we had one of the first computers that was designed in hospital pharmacy in the whole world. And had a chance to go with that and move some other stuff and whatever. And it just didn't seem right. Other opportunities, God could have moved me to other places. And for whatever reason, I just stayed in good old downtown Rockledge. Did God know? Sure he knew. He knows in your life. It's not a matter about us. It's always a matter about God. Live 24-7 for God. Don't compartmentalize your life. It's all God's. God is not stingy with us. He loves us. Remember John 10.10, somebody said it like this, I've come that you might have life and have it spilling out of every pore. May it spill out of your life. Verse 3, In Jerusalem, David took more wives and became the father of more sons and daughters. Today, this message from 1 Chronicles 13, Pastor Mark stressed the importance of consulting the Word on all matters. No matter the popular sentiments of the day, advice from others, or your own feelings on a matter, 
God's truth is the only one that matters, even if we don't always understand it. As we saw, David was focusing on the ending of retrieving the ark, thinking that the method was irrelevant. Pastor Mark covered quite a bit in today's message. Perhaps you'd like to review. You can listen to today's message again by logging on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Just select today's date from the media player. Or you can also call us toll-free. The number to call is 866-779-3441 to place an order for a CD. Again, that number to call is 866-779-3441. Another way to get in contact with us is by email. The address is info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. That's info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. By far, the best way to stay current with everything that you hear on Lessons for Living is to subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is easy. Just follow the link at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Now be sure and tune in next time as Pastor Mark concludes his teaching from 1 Chronicles chapters 13 and 14, where we see the consequences of stepping outside of God's will. Sometimes seemingly small missteps can result in outcomes that reverberate through generations. David's sins will be repeated by his sons, but even though he fails, we'll see that he learns from it seeks God more and more. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. May God bless you. And together, let's do life right.